This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Charlie Hardage. He's co-founder of Passive Profits uh, in January 2023, co-founder of H&K Investments in 2019. Uh, there are 1,064 units. Uh, background in IT sales. He's also a veteran as well. I love promoting our veterans. So grateful for his service. Uh, Charlie's going to dive in today where you know he learned that this passive investing syndication stuff may not actually be a scam. Uh, but he took advantage of that and dove in. You're going to hear that LP to GP story uh, of him taking numerous leaps, right? Uh, you know, being an LP, but then also eventually becoming an operator himself uh, and some of the lessons learned. Charlie, welcome to the show. Looking forward to the conversation and us diving in on a number of things here. But But before we do... And how did you get into this syndication business and commercial real estate or even investing? What does that look like? Man, um, very a lot of different parts to to this story. And Whitney, thank you know, thanks for having me. I I, I love sharing my story. Uh, love being able to talk about real estate. Huge huge passion for me. You know, when I was like ten or eleven, I had a buddy. Uh, my best friend's dad was an entrepreneur. And that was at the time when I didn't know anything about that. You know, I was taught to go to school, get good grades, good job and uh, climb the corporate ladder. And so when I when when he was always around, he wasn't traveling for work. He, he made his own schedule. It's like, man, that's, that's really cool. But that's not me. That's for someone else. Right. And but but it, it it got me thinking, got me got me just I wonder what else is out there. Fast forward, um, went to college and, and um, in college had a really good buddy and now my, my brother-in-law and business partner. Uh, his family had some real estate. It was uh, before Air, Airbnb was around, but they had a vacation property. And so he was telling me about that. I'm like, oh man, that's awesome. But but I could never do that because it's, it's just too expensive. Um, fast forward a few years, I was on my second deployment. I was in Afghanistan. I, I read a, a book probably no one's ever heard of called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And, you know, that that totally just changed my mindset and, and started um, started this, this fire I didn't know I had in me. And, you know, a few years later, I heard about uh, multifamily syndication, but no one I, I knew about uh, was doing it. I, I honestly thought it was a scam. How can you passively invest in real estate? Like, that's just not a thing. The only passive investments that I knew about that everyone else knew about was 401ks, IRAs and in the stock market. And uh, and that was it. So, um, you know, after several years, Whitney, I, I, I was reading more books because Rich Dad, Poor Dad got me into books and, and real estate books, started educating myself. And a few years ago, I, I started, you know, diving back into the syndication space. And I was like, holy cow, this is absolutely amazing. I love that I can invest passively love that I can grow wealth and I don't have to, you know, at the time I didn't know anything about the the multifamily syndication space. So it's great that I could put my money in with experts and, and they do the hard work and uh, we all win, right? We all get the benefits of their hard work. So were you able to say invest passively in any deals before actually becoming an operator yourself? Yep. Uh, so I passed, I invested passively in two deals. And, you know, like I said, Whitney, the, the first time I heard about it, uh, about syndications and and being an LP, I, I knew it was a scam. I was like, I, I get it from the, the active side. Like that's not a scam, but the passive side, that's a total scam. Um, but then when I, when I educated myself and, and learned as much as I could about it, 
I, I realized, okay, there's actually something to it. I've just never heard about it from anyone else before. And so I, I invested into a deal um, literally like a day or two later, that same team had another deal come out because they had put two LOIs out. They won one and they were second place on the other one. On the, on the second one um, that they were second place, the initial buyers backed out. And so the broker went back to them and said, hey, congrats, you, you won this deal if you still want it. And they're like, we do. Uh, but you know, they, they weren't ready for two big raises. Um, but man, as soon as I got home from that bank wiring, the first money, I was, I was just over the moon. I was like, this is amazing. I, I felt like my financial freedom clock just started ticking down from that moment. The email went out with that second property. I invested in that within only a few days. And I was like, my, I, I just felt this huge relief. Uh, this monkey off my back because I was, I was trying to figure out what do I do with my life? What, what do I do? I don't want to work for someone forever. Um, I, I want to take control of my retirement. And so the fact that I was able to get into two deals within a few days was just uh, mind blowing for someone like me that didn't grow up with any money and, and didn't grow up with anyone that that had money. Yeah, no, that's incredible. Uh, you know, tell me, what was your you know, our, our first? How did you pick this operator? You didn't know about this space. How, why this operator? It, it's funny because it, it's actually a family member. Um, he had introduced me into syndication, you know, six, seven, eight years prior. But again, Whitney, like no one, no one I knew was doing this. Uh, no one on Facebook, LinkedIn had never seen any books um, about this. And and I just, you know, my sphere, my my sphere of influence no one had heard about it. So anytime I talk to someone about it, they're like, yeah, sounds too good to be true. Um, but I knew their track record. I knew his team. I, I knew uh, they had invested uh, invested in over 100 deals. Uh, dozens had gone full cycle. They had over $3 billion worth of assets. And so, you know, their average annual return was <laughs> much higher than, than what they had, you know, uh, projected. Uh, just due to conservative underwriting. So when I finally educated myself and, you know, a big piece of that besides the education was actually my mindset. When I, when I uncovered that, uh, un unraveled that onion and all those different layers, I was like, man, this is, this is exactly what I want to do in my life. And, you know, at the time it was just passive. I didn't even really think, Hey, I can do this actively, but again, more education, more, more mindset uh, shifts. And uh, how long ago was that? That would have been about three years ago or so that I got into the two LP deals. Okay, nice. Yeah. And has that been as you thought it was going to be? Yeah, it's been better. And, you know, even even with the market and, and where the interest rates are, you know, the, the deals that we're in, I didn't expect them to double my money in, in eight months, right? I mean, that would have been phenomenal, but I, I knew it was a five-year hold, five-year underwriting, five-year projections. And if if they sold the property sooner, awesome. But I knew that it was not a get rich quick, um, you know, scheme. It was truly, um, you know, if if done properly, if they executed the business plan as they said they would, and as they have on dozens of other deals, I knew that within five years I'd be able to, you know, approximately double my initial investments. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, what you know? Speak to your. I know it's changed a lot in the last three years, but, you know, speak to, you know, maybe how you underwrote that deal at all, if you did then at all. I think mostly it was probably relationship, right? 
Uh, but you know, maybe how you did it then, and then let's dive into how you would do it now based on what you know. Yeah. Uh, then and now is, is completely different. Um, however, I, I underwrote it a little bit. So I, I love to underwrite. Um, I'm, I'm analytical. I'm, I'm strategic, or at least I think I'm strategic. And, you know, I, I was able to, um, in my previous life, I was a sales manager, um, had to do reports and, and knew Excel pretty well. Um, I'm no data analyst by any means, but I know enough to be dangerous with a spreadsheet. So I was able to plug some numbers in. I knew the market as well. Um, my sister lived there for a little bit. I knew the massive growth in that area. Um, so I was able to just, you know, I, I knew it was a great market to begin with. Uh, I plugged in a lot of the the numbers, just projected uh, rent growth. I, I knew the uh, the market a little bit. Um, th that's then now, now you look at my underwriting a few years ago, it, it's terrible compared to what it is now. Sure. Um, I think nowadays, uh, Whitney, what I would look at more as well as, you know, what's the loss to lease. It's not just physical vacancy. It, it's economic, uh, vacancy. What are the concessions? You know, over the last 12 months, we probably had a lot more concessions than we would have had over the last several years, uh, just because where we are with with uh, interest rates and, and occupancy, but um, I, I would make sure to, to capture the uh, economical vacancy uh, besides just physical vacancy, because I was not capturing the loss to lease or concessions before, was not capturing the fact that it may take, you know, two to four weeks to renovate a unit. I was just saying, yeah, it'll take, you know, a, a weekend to, to turn the unit. Uh, so I'm, I'm a lot more cognizant now of the actual you know, where, where's the property losing money and things that you normally wouldn't think about? Um, little things like the loss of lease, like I've mentioned and, and concessions. So any other, any other questions that, that you know of now that you wish you had known then to maybe ask the operator? Um, you know, I, I didn't realize about the, uh, a, a lot of people and, and I, and we do this now in, in our active deals, uh, when I'm an operator, but we look at, we analyze the, um, House, uh, median household income, and then also the median home sales uh, prices in that sub-market or market. Uh, because we want to know, you know, why are people moving here versus a home? Maybe it's really good schools. Maybe it's not great schools. Um, another thing that I, I look at now is how big are these units or how small are the units? Because if, it's, if they're smaller units, uh, maybe schools aren't as big of a, a deal because fa less families would be living in there. Uh, but sometimes there's there's bigger units, uh, you know, uh, even three bedroom, four bedroom and or even the two bedrooms have uh, more square footage. And so I like to look at that as well. I have a, I have a daughter, a, a school aged daughter. And so, um, you know, that's really important to me now. And uh, several years ago, didn't didn't even think about that. Right. So um, love just looking at the, the numbers, diving into school, uh, the school system. Um, and, and different things like that, where it's not just the apartment community and the comps, it's also what's around the market, uh, the sub-market. Why, uh, why become an operator? Why not just continue investing passively? You know, I didn't hate my W-2, but I didn't love it. And I, I've, I've, for years, uh, for probably a decade now, I've been very passionate about real estate. Just took me forever to find my niche. Um, you know, I, I had looked into flipping homes or, or just the Burr method or single family, and 
those seemed okay, but not great. And, and, you know, when I, when I changed my mindset and, and realized, Hey, I can passively invest in multifamily and then realize, realizing I can actively invest in multifamily. That that's really what did it for me. Cause you know, I, I'm looking out 30 years from now, Whitney, uh, if I want to be a full-time operator, I can, if I want to only passively invest, I can. And that's not really true about other niches. You know, I, I can't passively flip uh, homes, uh, single family homes, unless I have a partner or I'm a, I'm a private lender, but you know, then I'm, I'm kind of uh, diverting my focus between, you know, maybe uh, uh, flipping homes, knowing the market a little bit, or, or trying to learn how to be a, a private lender or looking at other niches. And so I just, I said, look, I can understand multifamily syndication, understand the multifamily asset uh, space, and I could passively invest or actively invest. Yeah, no, it's, it's great to have options, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, and so, you know, what's been maybe a challenge going from, say, just LP thinking, right? Just I'm just going to be a past investor to actually becoming an operator. For me, it was it, it's raising capital. You know, I, I didn't grow up with with uh, money. I didn't grow up with just you know going to a country club or, or things like that. And, uh, and 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 that's my mindset of you know, where the money is, right? Doesn't mean that that's only where it is. But, uh, you know, I, I was told for a while that, uh, and this is years ago, if you find a good deal, the money will be there. And sometimes I talk to people and they're like, yeah, that's true. I'm like, well, great. How do I, wh where's the capital come from? So for me, it's really, you know, I, I was in the military for um, five years or so, and I just didn't ever want a personal brand. I wanted to, uh, you know, kind of be, uh, I, I didn't want to be in the limelight, wanted to be quiet, wanted to, to have my own space, my own uh, freedom, didn't want to be too public. And so now I'm realizing that all those years that I've been on Facebook or LinkedIn, I've never talked about uh, uh, real estate and, and how profound, how much of an impact that can have, that it had on me, number one, but then how, how much of an impact it can have on other people. And so that's really over the last year or so, Whitney, I've, I've been more active on social media and uh, just trying to get the word out about how profound uh, passively investing in, in real estate and multifamily syndication can be. So I think the hardest part for me over the last couple of years being active is really just raising capital. How have you overcome that? What are a couple of things you've done to be able to step into that space and be able to raise raise some capital? Yeah. Um, number one is is just getting the word out and, and talking about what I do. So posting on social media, you know, I've I've friends and family I've known forever that didn't know what I was really doing. And they knew I was in real estate, but that was kind of it. You know, they didn't know I was doing apartments. Maybe they thought I was flipping homes or doing Airbnb. They had no idea, uh, which is a huge miss uh, on my part. And so I'm, 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 when I take action, I am uh, taking uh, action that is uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking about it, right? I'm, I'm not just saying, oh, I love real estate. I'm making money in real estate or you you can make money in real estate. I'm talking about how we're making money, how we're helping other people make money in real estate through apartment syndication, how you don't, you know, uh, LPs don't have to be experts. They don't have to have the knowledge. That's what our team is for. And so uh, that's helped. Uh, I came out with a podcast a few months ago as well that, you know, still new. But that's helping get the word out about being able to passively invest in real estate. 
so it's really just uh you know uh, we have a small shop it's it's myself and my, my business partner and and we're just trying to get the word out any any chance we can about uh, passively investing in real estate Carly, you know, I ask everyone this and, and I know no one knows the future, but I always ask, you know, predictions, right? For the next six, 12, 18 months in the real estate space. And I say, you know, we don't know what's going to happen for sure. Nobody does. I don't care who they are. However, what you believe is going to happen does affect what you do, right? It does affect you know, whether we're buying or selling or what we think a good deal is today, buying or selling. What what are your expectations for our economy or real estate markets here over the next six, you know, six, 12 months? You cut out there for a little bit, but I think the question was, um, uh, was it about interest rates over the next six to 12 months? Let's let's just do that again. I'm not sure why. Okay. You, you cut out for about five seconds or Let me so. Let just document that time. I'll, okay. I'll just ask you again. Yeah. It says my, what's going on? My Could have been on my side too. I apologize. No, it was on mine. I apologize. <laughs> it's my fault for some reason. All right. Charlie, I ask everyone what they predict for the future, right? 612. Uh, 18 months. Nobody knows for sure. I don't care who they are. However, what we believe is going to happen affects what we're doing, right? So what do you think is going to happen over the next, you know, in, in the future, the short term? Great question, Whitney. Um, you know, I, we've already, so w- with interest rates where they they sh- they skyrocketed over a few months, you know, that was about 18 months ago. Um I, I do think interest rates are going to peak towards the end of this year. I think they're going to drop uh, or start dropping Q1 of next year, and uh, in about 12 to 15 months, they'll they'll you know continue going down. That being said, I also think that uh, you know the deal flow has been a lot lower. I'm, I'm based in Nashville. I primarily look in Nashville. Last year, we were putting offers on you know one or two properties a, a month, and now it's like two a year, basically, so so far this year, uh, because deal flow has been down. I think we're going to start seeing deal flow pick up a little bit more. Um, I think there's a lot of operators that bought um, properties you know, with bridge debt being handing out money, basically, with, with the floating interest rates. Uh, a lot of the uh, rate caps are expiring, and so... Uh, current operators are going to have to either buy uh, new rate caps, which depending on the price of the the property and and what that rate cap looks like, I mean it's probably 10x what they bought, you know, only two years ago. Um, I, or they're going to look at refinancing, which I don't know how many of those would refinance, especially if they were able to get 75 to 80 percent leverage. And interest rates are, are so much higher now. Um, I don't know if they're really going to be able to, to refinance unless they have either done a phenomenal job, bought extremely well, or uh, they're putting a lot of cash into it. Or I, I do think what, what's most likely to happen is a lot of people are going to sell in the next uh, nine to 12 months and not necessarily hit those projections, but they're not going to be foreclosed on and, and be forced to sell. Um, so I, I do think in the next nine months or so, we're going to see interest rates going uh, going down slightly. I think we're going to see more deals out there. And I think we're going to um, see people selling uh, because they don't want to put a ton of money into a rate cap or do a, a capital call or things like that. What's a way, Charlie, you've recently improved your business that we could apply to ours? Ooh, uh, phenomenal question, Whitney. Um, I, what I did, I wrote about 40, um, articles on our website. I have, uh, and that starts at why I like, uh, real estate just in general. 
talks about you know stocks versus real estate, single family versus multifamily, goes through our, our underwriting process of multifamily, what markets uh, or what we look for in markets, uh, investor returns. And it's kind of like a customer journey is what I call it. And I've automated that. So now when you get added to our email campaign, it's a it's a kind of a slow drip over like eight months that my investors are, are now understanding. They go from knowing very little about what I do to the end of eight months, knowing what we do, how we do it. There's a case study in there. Uh, and it's just a slow drip. And, you know, part of the reason that it's a slow drip is because right now there's not a lot of not a ton of deals out there. Um, and, and so I don't want to say, hey, something's coming. And, you know, several months down the road, that's when we get our next deal. So I think with, with interest rates being so high uh, over the last 15 months or so, Whitney, I've been able to uh, go back to the drawing board and, and build this evergreen marketing campaign, this drip campaign that will last for years and years, um, you know, that that just helps my investors, my limited partners understand more about real estate and what we do. What's your best source for meeting new investors right now? LinkedIn's actually been great. Um, you know, posting about uh, posting about real estate, passive investing, you know, going back to what I said towards the beginning of the conversation, Whitney, I thought this was a scam because, uh, uh, you know, multifamily syndication as a passive investor was a scam. Uh, I think a lot of people, maybe they don't see it as a scam, but they just never heard about it before. And so, uh, you know, there's been people, there There was a, a, a guy that I had met through a, a company that I worked at. He, he was interested in the product we were selling. Uh, several months ago, he reached out. He's like, okay, I've seen your post. What do you do? And so even though he never bought that that SaaS product from me and from our company, we were able to have a conversation. He was like, I'm, I'm tired. I don't want to work uh, at my job forever. So I want to see what else is out there. So it's really just educating people on, on social media. And I found LinkedIn is a really, really good place to do that. Nice. And what about your best advice for passive investors right now? Educate yourself. Um, you know, and, and that was something that I didn't do well. I I was not educating myself. I was educating myself, but I wasn't focused. I'll say that. So if if you know you want to get into multifamily, great. Educate yourself on that. If you don't know what you want to do yet, figure out uh, you know what your goals are. Because one of the reasons and, and the biggest reason I'm in multifamily is because, like I said earlier, Whitney, I could do it passively or I could do it actively. So figure out your goals. When you figure out your goals, educate yourself on how to get there. Uh, multifamily syndication is, in my opinion, the absolute best way to reach financial freedom and time freedom. What's the most important metrics that you track? Could be personally or professionally. Ooh, uh, great. I, I probably should track more uh, metrics personally. Right now, what I'm looking at is, is two things. How many deals are uh, are we underwriting and putting an offer on? And and that just helps me kind of figure out where we're at. And then in you know a, a metric that is um, kind of along that same lines of, how many uh, how many investors do we need to um, talk to? Because then I know how many investors uh, will invest in our deals. So I, you know, always looking at growing our investor database. How many deals are we we underwriting every month, and how many deals are we uh, putting offers on every month? What about some habits that you're disciplined about? Being laser focused, uh, being productive. I was very focused before. 
but I wasn't laser focused. And so when I was focused on 20 different things, it, it meant in my mind that I was focused on zero things. So it's, it's, you know, I, I'm, I, I try to read or, or listen to audiobooks all the time or, or podcast all the time just to learn. Uh, but I'm, I'm focused now on what am I going after? I don't want to listen to a podcast just because it's real estate related. That was my problem before. Now I'm, I'm focused on uh, multifamily. I'm focused on market uh, podcast and, and um, books and uh, news articles, things like that. So I get laser focused and that's really helped me become so much more productive. Any way you track that or any way you, how, how do you know what you're going to laser focus on today? I have a to-do list. That's not uh, anything fancy. It's a piece of paper. Sometimes it's a, uh, a post-it note. Have have a bunch of post-it notes just always right in front of me within uh, arm's reach. And I got a bunch on my on my monitor and a bunch on my desk. And that really just, you know, it's nothing, nothing uh, uh, fancy. It's not digital, but I, I like putting it right there because then when I'm done with it, I can crumple it up. And so I don't really have a way to track it except for the fact of, there's, you know, fewer post-it notes on my desk than than this morning. And, and to me, that's a big win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Charlie, how do you like to give back? Man, Winnie, I love talking about syndication, both from an active side and a passive side. I love sharing my story about the passive side and how much of an impact this had on me and my 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 family and, and our financial future. Um you know, I, I love that. But then also, if, if you're a newer, uh, want to be a new operator, uh, want to get into the active side, I love talking about that. I love talking about how I could have been better because I didn't focus on capital. I wasn't on social media or I wasn't active on social media. So I love just kind of sharing, you know, the the issues that I have and, and I had, how I've, I am either overcoming those or how I've overcome them. I, I love just shortening that timeline for new investors or for LPs that uh, want to build a future for themselves. Carly, grateful to have met you and had you on the show. I'm also grateful uh, for the way you gave back just in your service and your military service as well. So thank you for that. Uh, always grateful for our our veterans. And, and so thank you again. Uh, but uh, tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you. Yeah. Um, best way to reach out to me is our website, hkigllc.com. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook, uh, Charles Hardage. There's not many of us, uncommon name. And then uh, have a have a podcast called Passive Investors Playbook. Um, so yeah, best way is, is our website. 